0: Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson, with me as always, the one who claims to know he knows just about everything there is to know. Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston. I've never made that claim. You're Not the one everything. that made that claim. I did. I you, started that.
1: You gave me that nickname, which yeah. I'm fine to have you give me that nickname. You That's did get fine.
0: yourself the hottest off person in the office award. I bro. didn't
1: get myself this Dundee. You did. I got it for my wife, and it was just on the shelf at home, and I thought that maybe we should have a Dundee back here on the shelf. So I do, in fact, have the hottest in the office. Award that you bought for your wife and then took it back. And then I took it. Yeah. I was like, I need this thing at the office. Yeah, obviously. Mm -hmm. So anyway, if you guys want to see that, then you would either go to our YouTube channel, and subscribe to that, or you would hang out with all of the fine, lovely Patreon supporters that signed up by going to patreon.com/slash Good Morning Liberty for as little as five bucks a month. Hang out with us live when we're recording. It's we tell morning. Lots
0: of jokes before,
1: yeah. We the show. We, we've been talking for about ten minutes before the show about random stuff. We are talking about house today. Yeah, because that's not, my not my like favorite a place show. you live. It's no, a show, yeah, no.
0: But as Nate said, this is the Good Morning Liberty podcast. It's actually morning time all across the beautiful united states including uh, still hawaii mm-hmm. and hawaii's angry at us this morning because typically they get this show at you know 11 live here on wgml but uh you know today we just had to go in the morning because you know what it's a good morning liberty yeah good afternoon liberty good night liberty it doesn't matter because liberty whatever you say to it it's it's good mm-hmm. liberty equals good that's the equation so we talk about life liberty and the pursuit of of meaning, yes, we did change those words from the founding founders fathers because guess what, they didn't get everything right. Yeah, they got a lot of things right. They they didn't get everything right. Uh, you know, I asked you a question the other day. We talked about the wage gap a little bit yesterday, mm-hmm. and the other thing was, you know, this whole patriarchy talk. Um, I was asking you a question the other day about, you know, what did you think about, you know, women not being able to vote or own property, and you said I think it was wrong. Yeah, and the and the good argument against that it's not that we live in a patriarchy It's that guess what? The founding fathers got some things wrong, including the fact that women couldn't vote or own land. And then also uh, black people weren't counted as people. Yeah. They were counted as three fifths of a person.
1: Well, that was even later on before, before that it was even worse
0: before that it was even worse. Yeah. So definitely there's some things that we've gotten wrong in society, but overall when you pursue (laughs) meaning, meaning instead of happiness, which is why we call it meaning, even the mistakes you make along the way can still ultimately lead to what is still the greatest nation for all, for all of her faults. Uh, we still live in the greatest place in the world with the most opportunity. Um, for the most part, you can make a few arguments here and there about some other places to live, Yeah, but for the most part, this is still the land of the, the best and most opportunity that you can find. And all we want to do is make it better. Mm-hmm. We want to make people more free. We want, we want more people to have more opportunity to live the best hum, best life humanly possible.
1: And um, our goal with the things that we talk about is to try and create that world. That is what we'd like to do. And to start creating that world, you have to point out the things that are going on. You have to point out... Uh, The critiques of, say, capitalism or the country where they are right or wrong, the ideas that people have, the people that are driving the main narratives in the country, the people that are driving the policies in the country, the ideas that they might have, because they are overall in control of everything right now, we need to first show people why those ideas are wrong, and then we also have to come up with our own ideas but our own ideas are pretty simple we want people to be free we want people to be able to make their own decisions and we want the market to be free and we we uh we know through history that that would be the best thing for the most amount of people and it's really the only way to live the other your other option is that you think you should have control over other people's lives that other people should that that they should be enslaved to a to a vote by other people who, who they might not know whatsoever. So there, there's an interesting argument that Ayn Rand makes. She said that people who argue for capitalism do it wrong all the time. They argue for capitalism by saying that it is the best thing for the most amount of people. And she says that that is an improper argument. While it might be true, she said that the argument is that it is the only moral way of living. And we don't have to make the argument that it's the best thing for the most amount of people. It is the only moral way of actually living, which is not controlling other people,
0: voluntary exchange, yeah, actual
1: actual voluntary exchange and volu- people living voluntarily in society, you we make the case that it's the best thing for the most amount of people because that is what could shift people's mindsets.
0: That's the consequences,
1: yeah. Of but then there's the other argument that this is the only op- it's the only option unless you say that you should be able to control other people when they don't want you to. Yeah, you know so. Um, anyway. Joe
0: Joe asked a really good question here. He says, can you make the case that everyone getting to vote is better? I can, actually. I, I will make that case right now, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. Email me, nate at goodmorningliberty.us. Um, the case is is that when you have a, an extremely limited government that doesn't get to control all kinds of things like it does now, if you have an enumerated government, a, a government with enumerated powers that can only affect a few things, then, yes, everyone getting to vote it wouldn't matter that much. We talked about this yesterday. If the federal government didn't have the power that it had, no one would really care who was president. And so, yes, everyone getting to vote for who was president would be fine because <laughs> that president would only have control over an enumerated list of powers that wouldn't affect everybody's everyday lives as extreme as, as it could.
1: The but- argument against that would be that isn't it? you know isn't it allowing <laughs> how is it, but hang on
0: how is it libertarian utopia because that was the dream of the founders that's the government they set up and but they also
1: set it up where only property owners could vote that's true you know
0: that's true but they did set up a limited government with with enumerated powers the federal government was only supposed to be able to do like 10 things
1: what a lot of people arguing about the voting thing is that uh, as we allow people who don't have a stake in the situation to control what the government is doing, the government's powers actually grow with that because they're going to want the government to take more things from the
0: other people. I didn't I'm say just, I was right. I'm just I being said, devil's advocate. I make, right? I didn't now. say I was right. I yeah. said, can I? Can you make a case? Yeah, and I can make a case. Yeah, you can make a case. I can make that a case. That was the question. Yes, yeah. and that's the case. That's the, that's the that's one side of the argument. Whereas if we had an extremely limited government, if we had an extremely limited government where uh the minority right the minority which is the individual that's the the that's the most minority person there is out there so if if we had a an extremely limited government where the minority is protected where the level of the individual has all of their rights protected and then everyone could vote because then you can't violate people's rights but the problem is is that the government governments have creeped in on people's rights like your right to privacy your your right to not have things stolen from you your right to free speech and gun ownership and all this stuff they've crept into all of those rights um unlawfully by the way according to the constitution and so now who gets to vote and and the people in power are really important because now you're okay like for instance we talked about the 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 whatever the pro jobs act or whatever that was the yesterday pro act. the pro well, act we yesterday. talked about the for the
1: people act yesterday. the for
0: the people act yesterday whereas you know if they were to pass something like that then it would be a massive hindrance in um, a in a sweeping gutting of people's rights, and so yeah, the people voting on that legislation matter. Uh, th- that legislation would have never been in, introduced, you know, in a, in a government that was actually limited, because they know that they wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm making the case. I'm not saying I'm right, but I'm making the case.
1: My case would be two things. One, I don't think a country could survive long term uh, with only a certain say class of people or section of people being able to vote i think that uh, the riots and the mob rule that we see uh, in the streets would be much much worse if we if we had that type of society and number two i would say what would you do with the situation right now because there are a lot of people that would argue well we should go back to only property owners being able to vote and the issue now is that could have been that could have been a better idea when the government was really small and that could have been a better idea at that time. But would that be a good idea right now when the government is the size that it is right now? Because what I would see is the government probably wouldn't get any smaller. It would just be more and more targeted towards helping those people who own the property make sure that they keep that property and make sure that they keep their bailouts and they keep their the taxes on others and and their you know tax incentives and things like that, uh, that that would actually... A transition to that. Say, if we stop, if we went tomorrow to just having landowners voting, that that wouldn't be a solution anymore. We can make the argument about whether or not that was a good idea at the very beginning of the country when we had a, a really small government. But now that we have the massive government, and then those people are only able to vote, are they just going to use the government for their benefit more so than they already well, do? And right that's now,
0: that's what TJ argued. Thomas Jefferson argued. Um, <clears throat> he, he he argued that people being able to vote, basically vote themselves prosperity uh, in essence. And I'm paraphrasing here that that was a dangerous thing. Yeah. And so, yes, whenever you can vote yourself uh, more rights than other people, well then now the minority, the level of the individual is no longer protected. So, and that's how we've gotten into this whole mess, which is why we talk about things like uh, Chipotle prices coming up here.
1: (laughs) Yeah. This is kind of a weird transition, but, um, the The story is that, that Chipotle is raising their prices, and this is just more of, it's not just an I told you so kind of thing, but everyone's talking about this with the raises and wages and prices and everything overall. By the way, the consumer price numbers came out today. It's up 5% year-over-year year. consumer prices in May. That is the highest amount in, since 2008, so... Mm. You know, not exactly good numbers. As far as that goes, it was 4.2% the month before, year year and now it's 5%. So we're on a bit of an uptrend right now as far as the consumer prices go. But anyway, Charles, hey, by the way, guys, you wouldn't be able to have this fine, lovely live... Con- we had no plans of talking about voting whatsoever. But here we go, having a nice conversation with the live group. So if you want to actually direct... If you want to change the direction of this podcast, of this episode, then you want to join up on Patreon for as little as five bucks a month, and you can actually steer the conversation in whatever direction you want to go, if we're reading, which we normally are on the Mm -hmm. Discord. So anyhow, Charles, why don't you just go ahead with this thing, man?
0: All right, from NBC News. (laughs) I love you, by the way, Joe. I love
1: you. Joe's sassy in the morning. I like it. In the morning. I like it. Bringing that sass. Gets the podcast going. It's fun. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to cut in here and tell you about our sponsor, BetterHelp. You've heard us talk about them before. It's Charlie's favorite app, BetterHelp. You can go to betterhelp.com or you can download the app. BetterHelp is this great app that pairs you with a licensed therapist. So it's therapy over your phone, all right? If you are having a tough time getting by right now, maybe you're dealing with anxiety, maybe you're just not as happy as you think you should be, maybe you're not finding the meaning in life, you know, we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. Maybe you're not finding that meaning in your life that you think that you should be. If you're dealing with anxiety, with depression, with relationship problems, BetterHelp has got a licensed therapist for you. It's super simple. You just go to the website, betterhelp.com GML. And that's going to give you 10% off your first month, by the way. So you go to betterhelp.com GML. You make an account. They ask you some questions about yourself some preferential questions, and they're going to pair you with a the therapist that they think will work best for you. If you don't want that therapist, that's fine. You just pick another one, okay? It's safe. It's secure. It's a way to actually talk to a therapist without having to go into the office much cheaper than going into the office, by the way. Listen, taking care of your brain, of your mental health, is super important. I don't know if you know this, but your brain controls everything that you do. Okay, so maybe it would help you to be talking to someone about it. You can message through the app, you can do video call, you can do voice calls, all kinds of stuff with the BetterHelp app. So go get that app. Make sure you sign up through betterhelp.com gml to get that 10% off your first month. You tell them we said, hey,
0: from NBC News, Chipotle prices go up to help cover cost of higher wages for employees. Now, I, I, I think this ties in because ultimately you can lead back to government paying everyone money to stay home and borrow and, and printing money and causing all of this, the rise of inflation and everything else. So Chipotle Mexican Grill has hiked menu prices by roughly 4% to cover the cost of raising its workers' wages. Mm. So who's going to pay for it? <laughs> Chipotle it's the billion dollar corporation they're just gonna kindly pay for their workers wages increase out of their coffers no nah, no nah. menu prices go up across the restaurant industry chains such as Chipotle Starbucks and McDonald's have been increasing hourly pay for employees of company-owned locations in a bid to attract new workers to retain their current ones and retain their current ones consumer demand has come roaring back for restaurant meals but the workforce has been slower to return <laughs> wonder why. Yeah, wonder why. Pushing eateries (laughs) to sweeten the deal. In May, the leisure and hospitality industry added 292,000 jobs, but employment in those fields is still down by two and a half million compared with pre-pandemic levels, according to the Department of Labor. In May, Chipotle said it would raise hourly wages for his restaurant workers to reach an average of $15 an hour by the end of June. Company executives said at the Baird Global Consumer Technology and Services Conference that they would be passing along the price of raising pay to consumers <laughs> oh Man, my god you don't say And the roosters come home from their hand house <laughs> it feels like the right thing at the right time and it feels like the industry is now going to have to either do something similar or play some kind of catch-up cfo jack hartung said at the virtual conference otherwise you'll just lose the staffing game CEO Brian Nickel said the company prefers not to raise its prices, but that the move made sense in this scenario. Of course, it makes sense. <laughs> You're not going to pay for it. And here's a um, a nice tweet from Public Citizen. NBC News tweeted: Chipotle Mexican Grill has hiked menu prices by roughly four percent to cover the cost of raising its worker wages. And Public Citizen uh, quoted that and said: Chipotle CEO was paid thirty-eight million in 2020. 2900 times more than the median chipotle workers salary so he, so he could have just taken it out of his pay
1: so the answer is they <laughs> they didn't have to raise their prices they just should have paid their ceo less yeah that's what it was and don't worry everyone i looked up all of the background information on this because because you know just about everything there is what, what else would you do on this so they say Chipotle CEO was paid $38 million. By the way, his salary was $1.4 million. Okay, that's what his actual mm-hmm. salary was. The rest of it was in stock options. That is where the rest of the money came. And we don't even know for sure that he actually received that money because we know that when someone gives you the options, people like this count that as pay for you. So we actually don't even know if he cashed in the options. We have no idea. Okay. But those, by the way, are coming from the stock market. Okay. That's where, that's where that pay is going to be coming from.
0: If you actually look at CEO pay, it's still a hundred to 300 times the the median salary of employees, the actual pay, the actual income. Yeah. 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 So it hasn't changed. The only thing that's changed is is they're getting more stock options.
1: So let's do the old math game right here. Let's say the whole thing is $38 million and, and for fun, why don't we act like that actually just came directly out of Chipotle's bank account? And not that it was covered by the stock market. Almost all of it was. Okay? Let's just pretend that they had paid him $38 million. And instead, why don't we just give that money to the employees? And then we won't have to raise the prices by raising that. That's going to be offset by not paying the CEO any money. So we'll lower it down to $0.00. Well, that would come out to roughly about $11 per week for every single employee that they would get paid per week. At 35 hours per week, it would be about $0.32 per hour that they would each be able to get paid more if they decided to pay their CEO $0. Okay. Once again, as always, the CEO pay does not matter. People do not understand. They don't understand how much bigger, like... Billions are than millions, mm-hmm. by the way. And so when you have a company making billions and billions of dollars or taking in billions of dollars, uh, paying your CEO, even if it is thirty eight million, his salary was one point four million. even if it is thirty eight million is like nothing on there whatsoever. We've talked about Walmart a ton of times. They took in six hundred billion dollars. they their CEO's compensation was twenty two million dollars. What would it be worth it for you that what would it be worth for you to have a CEO that makes your company the sales go up by one percent, you know, if you're making a billion dollars, if you're making six hundred billion dollars. What is that? Six billion? Six billion. Six billion. So they paid their CEO, his total compensation was twenty-two million dollars. And if he was able to make their revenue go up by one percent, then he brought in another six billion. This is why CEOs get paid a lot of money. They could have paid him a billion dollars.
0: And Nicole Nicole makes a good point. She says, you back that competition of wages, they'll just go somewhere else, and then no one will run Chipotle, and they'll go under, and then everyone loses all their income. Yeah. Because if if the company goes bankrupt, no one gets paid anything. Yeah. I just, this is such a simple concept to me that I have a hard time wrapping my mind around
1: you have to think emotions only try and think emotions only for a little bit and and
0: just well it's this whole unfair it's like well well, it's just unfair the ceo made 38 million and you know these people only made twenty thousand. so unfair yeah it's like well go be a ceo (laughs) it's 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 not illegal for you to go be a ceo (laughs) now i know you have to deal with white supremacy and You got to deal with, uh, you know, the patriarchy and all that to get up to the top, I guess, you know, so good luck with that. But (laughs) and that's the the thing is that they people see all this unfairness and rather than seeing it as an opportunity and taking personal responsibility of of who you want to be and where you want to go in life, um, they try to find ways to blame everyone else. They're the victim of the situation. It's like, oh, well, I can't get ahead because of the patriarchy. Or I can't get ahead because of white supremacy. Or I can't get ahead. It's all nonsense. Mm.
1: It's all excuses, is what it <coughs> is. It's it's just an excuse, and it's
0: now. Do some of those elements exist? Yes, on a very, very, very minute percentage of what's holding you back. Ninety-nine mm-hmm. percent of what's holding you back is you. By the way, and I'm talking to every single one of you. You are holding you back. And and if and when you when you have that realization, to me, this was the greatest power shift in my entire life. And I think for all of the human race is personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. When you shift that power over to yourself and you're like, and you realize, okay, 99% of things in life that I'm going through, or even 90, whatever, because some things aren't your fault. But if you literally take responsibility for a hundred percent of everything that's going wrong in your life, now you have the power to fix it. Cause it's, a, you, it's a way better if feeling. It's, if it's someone else's fault, then it, then you're, submissive to them just a victim you're just a victim so man the the, the change in mindset can literally change your life
1: and what um, uh what joe just said in here he said how could workers be expected to support a family of four on chipotle wages now he's he's not actually saying that but it's um it, how could you this is what people always say you can't support a family of four when do we decide that we are going to do this arbitrary family of four thing what about a family of five some people have family of five yeah should should your pay at a at a minimum wage establishment at a low skill job, no offense, sorry. Um, it, at a at a low skill minimum wage job. Should your pay be determined on what your personal life decisions were? Like, oh, I think any
0: job you get should it be determined on your yeah. the size of your family. Like
1: this person, they decided to keep having. They started having kids when they were fifteen. They got nine kids now. We got to oh, look at their pay scale. We got to pay them thirty-five dollars an hour. Look at this. Mm-hmm. And this other person right here, they got no kids. Actually, we pay them nine dollars an hour. By the way, which one of those people is going to get hired? Okay, so you start you start doing your pay scale based on the amount of. Uh, potentially questionable life decisions you've made while you're working minimum wage jobs. Still, uh, it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. It's not the company's. It's not the company's fault, and it's not their responsibility mm-hmm. to make sure. What they are, their responsibility is to make sure that when you work for an hour for fifteen dollars an hour, that you produced more than fifteen dollars an hour of actual value, so they can keep their business going, so they can keep employing everyone else, and so they can keep providing people with the food. That the that the people want and the E. coli and everything that everyone wants, you know. That's that Chipotle, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I don't. That's a joke. I, I was, love
0: Chipotle. It was E.
1: coli. I, I love it. Yeah. Um,
0: I okay. do like Chipotle. too. Yeah. So, Delicious.
1: Anyway, the, this next one kind of piggybacks on this idea, so we can uh, we can go on with this. Lacey showed this to me last night. It's so nice to be married to such a strong libertarian. <laughs> she sends me the best articles. Mm-hmm. I love it. Tennessee, now this is a local article, but this is going to be going on, going on around the country, these kind of political hit pieces. Tennessee stands to lose out on $485 million for local economies after Governor Lee cancels the federal assistance. So what they've done with this article is since Tennessee is opting out of the unemployment benefits from the federal government, The idea now is that Tennessee is going to lose out on the potential $485 million that was going to come in in unemployment benefits from from those people. So now Tennessee doesn't, the local economies don't get that money anymore that they Mm. were going to be getting. We'll talk about how that's a crazy idea, but Tennessee stands to lose out on nearly half a billion dollars for local economies, according to the U.S. Joint Economic Committee. This comes after Governor Bill Lee announced the state will opt out of the federal unemployment pandemic assistance on July 3rd. Tennessee is among 24 states to cancel the federal benefits. I thought it was 25. This article says 24. And uh, Lee said, when we have 250,000 job openings in the state and we are paying people to stay home, that needs to change. Makes sense. The governor is sticking by his decision to end benefits early, losing out on $485 million in benefits to local economies in the state. Quote, we believe that this decision will actually enhance our economic recovery and create revenue streams for the state. Davidson County Democratic Senator Heidi Campbell said the government, governor's decision is simply bad economic policy. Quote, she said, we're going to lose $486 million of economic fuel because of this decision. And of course, I completely support giving aid to our businesses, but businesses need customers and they won't have the customers if the government's not giving them giving people that money and yeah, not working. Exactly. There's no other way of
0: people having money. It's just that the government gives them money. That's it. It's the, and it's the Keynesian argument.
1: Let me finish the last two sentences here, and then we'll get into this. I'll try to not yell anymore. I'm sorry. The same report states that early cancellation will result in a loss of $300 million to individual Tennesseans If the goal, quote, if the goal is to stimulate growth in an economy that's badly shaken by the pandemic, then government spending is more efficient when it's invested in citizens. Campbell said she's a straight up can't. She probably got a she got probably got a tattoo of Milton Keynes on her arm. (laughs) Says AOC's favorite economist at the bottom of it. So what's another way that that the citizens would have that money to spend on things?
0: Uh, I know. What is it? Working. Working. Someone paying you for your labor.
1: And what Lee is saying that this would actually spur economic growth is true because here's, you got two situations here. On one side, the government's just giving people $486 million. And then, and then and then they don't have, by the way, by that's, the way, that's, taken from taxes that are also going to be taken from Not even the locally, taken from taxes. Know. Yeah. Well, this, yeah, eventually. But yeah, this is someday. literally money we don't have or through inflation. We just saw that five percent inflation mm-hmm. number for May, So that, that's where they're also taking it from. So they're going to take this money. They're going to give it to the people and the people are going to spend it. And it's going to be in the local economies. Now, it's not all going to be spent in the local economies. A lot of people are going to buy stuff on a lot of different websites that aren't going to actually directly benefit the local economies. Well, let's Take just trips. assume, yeah, they're going to they're do a lot of things that aren't just going to be spent at their local economies. But regardless, let's, in this world, you have people who aren't working and they're going to have $486 million going to be given to them and they're going to go spend it. There's another world where those people could go to work and then let's just use the same number. They would have $486 million dollars. And then they could go spend it in the local economies. But they also produce things for people at the same time. Mm-hmm. They produce value for other people in the society. So at the end of the day, which one of those ends up best for the economy? The one where $486 million was printed out of thin air that's going to be taken back in the inflation numbers that we're seeing rising right now? And then spent, or the one where the money is made through producing more value than that amount for the people in the local economy at their jobs, and then spending that money at the local economy afterwards. This, this is a perfect example of the difference between the Keynesian economic argument and the Austrian economic argument. Mm-hmm. This is a perfect example of that. One and of them
0: has double or more of the benefit. And not only that, if you don't have people producing, what are these people with all this money going to buy? Yeah. Like you, you, you can't get into the restaurant cause there's nobody working in the restaurant. Yeah, the, you, so what are you going to do with your money? If you play it out to its logical conclusion, <laughs> yeah. then the
1: best thing for everyone to do is to not work, receive the unemployment and then spend it at the local economy, which they can't do because all the businesses are closed because the best thing for everyone to do was to not work. So you can't <laughs> go to any businesses and spend the money.
0: Exactly. That's a perfect <sighs> plan. That sounds like, um, that sounds like a perfect plan. I don't yeah. know why we didn't think about that a I know. long time ago.
1: Such a great idea. <laughs> so <laughs> great. Ah, oh, socialism. I love it. Oh, oh, man. So great. All right, Charlie, we got a judge ruling on here, so I lined up this article where you could read it because well, of your legal interests. Any great names in this there? This is a big one, too. Any great names? Um, I don't. I, I think everyone has, I mean, the the name the main guy maybe has an interesting name, but I'll, no. I'll get it. No no fun This coming
0: from The Blaze. Thanks, Glenn. Kentucky judge rules Governor Bashir's COVID mask orders unconstitutional in breakthrough lawsuit. Look at that. Mm. On Tuesday, um, this was also part of this. Uh, the, the coffee guy we talked to. Was from, this part of his thing? From Brood. I don't know if it, this was his lawsuit, but I know it was about opening up. Um.
1: It said it was from a local restaurant owner, but I don't know if yeah. he was involved in this one.
0: On Tuesday, Circuit Judge Richard A., Brueggemann issued a permanent injunction against all of Governor Andy Bashir's COVID restrictions, including the mask mandate. Unlike the few judicial victories for civil liberties over the past year, this one was broad and sweeping. I guess he used a broom. <laughs> and it declared these mandates unconstitutional. There we go. Judge Brueggemann ruled that, quote, all emergency orders imposed by said defendants or that are being continued by said defendants are unconstitutional, void and without any legal effect. I like it. Nice. That's nice. In this lawsuit, a restaurant owner claimed that the mask mandate, social distancing, capacity limitations and time limitations for serving customers served absolutely no purpose but harming the businesses without keeping anyone safer. They also claimed that the governor violated newly passed legislation, which limited his emergency powers to 30 days and prevented him from placing restrictions on businesses. For the first time, this judge actually listened to expert testimony showing that non-pharmaceutical interventions netted zero results in stopping the virus, and he ruled accordingly. The defendants presented vid- evidence from senior certified industrial hygienist Stephen Petty one of the top experts in the country on exposure to hazardous materials, who served as the expert witness in approximately 400 cases relating to toxics or infectious exposure. Quote, he testified that both the six-foot distancing rule and mask mandates are wholly ineffective at reducing the spread of this virus, wrote Judge uh, Brueggemann in summing up Petty's testimony. Quote, masks are worthless, he explained, because they are not capable of filtering anything as small as COVID-19 aerosols. In addition, masks are not respirators and lack the limited protections that respirators can provide. The court finds the opinions expressed by Mr. Petty firmly established in logic, Mm. Concluded the judge. The inescapable conclusion from his testimony is that ordering masks to stop COVID-19 is like putting up chain link fencing to keep out mosquitoes. (laughs) The six foot distancing requirements fare No better. Moreover, the judge ruled that all the data from neighboring states with fewer restrictions demonstrate that none of these restrictions have made a difference in the natural progression of the virus, and therefore the data comparison demonstrate there to be no emergency justification for continuing Governor Bashir's orders. Judge Brueggemann then addresses the unilateral imposition of a mask mandate by the executive branch. He says here, these are undeniably attempts to control, set policy, and determine rights and duties of the citizenry. Except in those instances where the federal courts have stepped in, defendants assert authority to modify or reimpose these orders at their sole discretion. Consider, for example, the recent modifications of the mask mandate. It orders persons who did not get vaccinated for COVID-19 to wear masks, but lifts that requirement for others. That is setting policy and determining future rights and duties.
1: Pretty good. Um, Joe's comment on this was exactly, yeah, this... (laughs) It was uh, exactly what I thought about this, too. Now, th- I like the outcome of this case. I don't like the reason that he made the decision. Well,
0: he said both. He said unconstitutional and ineffective.
1: Yeah, but uh, he used the ineffectiveness to, in my opinion, he used the ineffectiveness to determine the constitutionality yeah. is what it sounds like to me. He didn't say the government can't force you to put something on your face. You know, he didn't say that. He said these aren't effective. And therefore, they're unconstitutional.
0: So Except if they were- he did say, I mean, his ruling states, all emergency orders imposed by said defendants or that are being continued by said defendants are unconstitutional, void, and without any legal effect. Yeah. So that the ruling was good. But in his opinion, he did. And, but but I'll, I'll say, being someone who likes to read a lot of opinions and dissents for fun, because that, that's who I am, they do add a lot of this fluff in their opinions. Yeah of how they arrived at their decision.
1: And it might be kind of a political thing to, yeah. to convince people that the ruling was right. Even if right. they don't care about the constitutionality, they're not effective anyway. So yeah. I, yeah Typically what
0: you'll see in opinions is you'll see the opinion of the court, the ruling, right. And then their justification basically underneath it. And they'll go through all of the case law references that they made and all the precedents that they made and uh, you know, different definitions and, I mean, if you read a lot of Scalia's dissents, even his opinions, they're freaking hilarious. Yeah, I mean the guy makes amazing sarca- or he made amazing sarcastic arguments um, to to support his opinion or ruling that that he made uh, or his dissent. So uh, you'll see that a lot. So I think what's important here is a ruling says it's unconstitutional. Although I, you know, you shouldn't have to support your opinion with the ineffectiveness. It should be whether or not it's it's unconstitutional and the fact of the matter it is
1: yeah and, now, and because if you're going by effectiveness you could make the case that the government can force you to do anything that is effective in protecting you or any other people and uh, i mean you can make the argument i know there's already been a a court case on vaccines uh, where they did find that the government could force someone to take a vaccine. But you can make the argument that the vaccine is is overall very effective. And so therefore, it can't be unconstitutional because it's found to be very effective. And so that's where I don't like the effectiveness argument of it. the The argument should be what powers should the government have? Not if the government uses these powers as long as they are right, uh, in the effectiveness on the health side of things, and it's okay for them to overstep their bounds. That's what this ruling sounds like to me, but I'll take it. You know, I'll, I'll take it as a ruling. It's a win and it's going to help. It's this, uh, the important part about this is it sets some legal precedent. So with people like to rule based off other court cases mm. that have already been ruled on. And so now you can say, well, judge Brigham, Brigham, whatever said, in this, in this versus Kentucky, this is what they came up with. And so they can say, well, yeah, judge, judging on the president found on whatever versus Kentucky, uh, we could uh, argue that, that this law should be struck down or something like that. And, and this can also have a, an effect where it goes all the way up to the Supreme Court eventually. So it's a good start for sure.
0: The only thing I will say against this is that uh, masks can reduce the viral load. Yeah. Now, while it doesn't stop the the individual mosquitoes going through the chain link fence, let's say, imagine if those mosquitoes, if you had a big ball of mosquitoes trapped in mucus, and then that mucus was bigger than the hole in the chain link fence, well, then the the big ball of mosquitoes will be trapped yeah. there and couldn't get through. But individual, you know, viruses can make it through. So, so I mean, it does help reduce viral load. But it's not it's not small enough or or um I guess the 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 woves the woves well, aren't tight enough. Yeah.
1: Two or three of them. Yeah. And you get two or three of them put together, it creates like an obstacle course yeah. for the molecule to go through. So that's like the best we've known the whole time that the And that way only the smart
0: viruses the, get through.
1: <laughs> there is there are plenty of studies to show that when you wear a mask that less of your droplets can go out into the, if you cough, when you cough, yes. there are droplets that go out. And if you have a mask on your mouth, then some of those droplets are gonna get caught. And inevitably, a lower percentage of the virus is going to get out of your mask. Mm. Then what would happen if you weren't wearing a mask? But what they've also found is if it's already in the air, say someone else wasn't wearing one and they cough straight towards you, if you have a mask on, then it's not going to protect you because by that time, the molecules are so small, they can just go straight through the mask. Mm-hmm. So that we've always known that the mask protects the other people around you more so probably on a statistical basis, but it doesn't protect the wearer from the other people around you, which has been the basis for the mandates and everything like that. Well, and then
0: everybody using them improperly anyway, when you go to talk to somebody, you pull it down. And then there's the, <laughs> there's the
1: unintended consequences yes. of people having a false sense of security where they end up doing things that they wouldn't normally do, thinking that they're safer because they had a mask on and they end up doing a bunch like of other dumb things. wearing gloves and a
0: mask and then they go to, to, to pull money out of their pocket, they pull the mask down, lick their glove and then start rifling through their money (laughs) i've i've seen it i've seen it all literally seen it happen i'm like what so this is worse this is gloves are worse than your own skin when it comes to licking your fingers yeah anyway that's all i gotta say about that but i think this is a win for liberty very nice
1: so staying on the health this is just a real quick one and then we're gonna wrap up the show we got stuff we got stuff to do i i know you guys saw this but this is, once again, I'll say it again, we say it every single time, this is how bad this pandemic is right here. Uh, states are continuing to find ways to try and coax people into getting the vaccine. So that that's how you know that it's got a really high mortality rate, is you've got to offer people free stuff to get them exactly. to get the vaccine. Exactly. Washington State is doing something in true Washington State fashion, approving the offering of free marijuana joints to those who are getting the COVID vaccine. Mm. Now we'll read this so add free weed to the list of incentives being offered the people to encourage them to get vaccinated against covid officials at the washington state liquor and cannabis board on monday gave state licensed cannabis retailers permission to offer one free one pre-rolled marijuana joint to adult consumers who receive a vaccination at an in-store vaccination clinic the promotion which lcb calls joints for jabs <laughs> Nice. aims to promote and support the state's vaccination efforts. According to LCB's news release, they added that rec- that they received multiple requests from cannabis retail licenses to help in the efforts. So <laughs> there's the idea
0: where Joints like for
1: jab, Yeah. Like how bad is this <laughs> that we have to offer people things like this to get the vaccine? There's another one that a lot of people are not going to agree with me on. And I know that. And I already know it before I say it and I get it. Okay. S- smoking things is is not good it's not good for your lungs okay mm-hmm. i realize that marijuana is healthier than cigarettes all right I, I get all of that but lighting something on fire and then and then putting the smoke into your lungs they have found over long periods of time can increase uh, bouts of uh, bronchitis and things like that it just seems like a weird thing to do when you're when we're trying to fight a virus that mainly attacks your lungs you know, doesn't it seem like a weird thing That's, to do?
0: This seems a little counter, like offer free things to
1: smoke for it to, to try and fight off a disease that attacks your lungs. Although I
0: did read one study, Nate, that said smokers actually have a better chance against COVID because there's not as many uh, alveoli, which is a little sacs. Uh, in your lungs, they're a lot, they're destroyed. So the virus can attach to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in some cases, in one study, it actually has helped sm- uh, being a smoker.
1: Yeah. Okay. But, but,
0: but no, you're, you're right. Um, smoking something. And, and the fact that you have to offer incentives anyway, I mean, look, if something was out there killing a whole bunch of people, uh, like people were dropping left and right, which people are would, dying from this. They are dying. There is something yes, killing a lot of people, but you wouldn't have to convince people yeah. to get the antidote. Mm hmm. Yeah. Right. You, the people would be fighting over the antidote. Yeah. Haven't you seen resident evil? Have I you mean, guys seen contagion? Yeah. Have you guys seen these movies? People would be <laughs> killing each other to get this kind of stuff. Uh, even though we're making funny movie references, it's still true. I mean, I mean, man, the first two weeks of the pandemic, I was legitimately scared. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, what's going to happen? How do what? we get glad I'm dating a yarn nurse? Hopefully she has the medicine. <laughs> right. You know, i thought i was going to be privileged yeah having somebody that works there um
1: turns out it was more dangerous because she's constantly bringing home the virus right, every single right. day <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah
0: and every test i've taken has been negative so i don't know i honestly think i had it in february mm-hmm. before the pandemic started in march um because man i was sick yeah I, I remember i was real sick and i went to louisville <laughs> to visit a client of mine did they all get sick and not that i know of i i stayed in the hotel mostly because i was I was that sick. Yeah, Uh, you didn't
1: even go gamble.
0: I didn't, no. And I like, I I enjoy some gambling. And uh, I literally stayed at the hotel at the casino and I didn't, I ordered room service and slept almost the whole time that I was there.
1: Well, you might've saved some lives by doing that. Probably. You know, all right, y'all, that's all we got today. I want to, again, say, go to patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty. We got a lot of people on there. I'm so excited to see the growth on the Patreon. It started with one Maurice, I'm going to call you out right now. Been there since the beginning. Thanks a lot, man. We surely do appreciate it. He's kept this whole thing going, been carrying us on his back this entire time. All right. Now we got a lot of people in here. It's a fun, exciting conversation every single time we do an episode. So if you want to join in live and steer the direction of the podcast, wherever you want to go, then go to patreon.com slash good morning liberty and get in for as little as five bucks a month. If you do more than that, then your money goes towards advertising for the show. So if you want more Liberty to be spread across more people and actually change the people in the country in the right direction, then you'll do the 15, but you know, whatever. Yeah. The five still good too. I'm yeah, just, I'm just good. kidding around. Maybe
0: 30 or hundred. Yeah. You know, it's available on there. <laughs> so go sign up. Patreon.com slash good morning, Liberty. A free way to support us is by sharing the show with your friends, your family, the children, aunts, uncles, cousins, brothers, mothers, um, all kinds of people, cousin. Did I say cousins? Probably yeah. second cousins, second cousins, mm-hmm. first cousin once removed. <laughs> all those people share it with everyone that you know. Because, look, if you share it to 10 people, if everyone shares it to 10 people, then you shared it with the whole world.
1: That's, yeah, that's
0: how that works. Eventually,
1: you guys that, ever seen pay it forward?
0: Yeah, it's factorial, 10 factorial, right? Because <laughs> if those 10 people share it to their 10 friends, then you get you get yeah. billions, okay. We'll be the number one podcast in no time.
1: We want to have an R naught factor of so 10 this, yeah. on the on the podcast. Yeah.
0: So please, please share the show. That's that's the major request. And leave us that rating and review on Apple Podcasts to help those tyrannical algorithms. And if you guys do all of that, we'll be back tomorrow for some dumb bleep of the week. Hope you guys have a good day and a good morning liberty.